What's up, mofos? <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of Into the Unknown, where we teach you about magical studies, how-tos, and just talk shit about paranormal crap. I just came back from a Santa Cruz trip with my good old friend Patrick. We're going to be talking about that on the next episode. We had one hell of a time. That's a whole nother podcast for you guys, but not to stray off topic, today we're going to be talking about banishing, ritual banishing. What is banishing? What type of banishing are we going to be teaching or am I going to be teaching you guys? When should it be done? What's needed? Well, banishing and ceremonial magic refers to one or more rituals intended to remove non-physical influences ranging from spirits to negative influences created by others or created by oneself. We're going to be going through a banishing technique which is prominently used in a Golden Dawn style of ritual magic. It can be done any time of the day. Most likely you're going to be doing it as soon as you wake up. Why? Because you're waking up and you've been dreaming and you've been in the astral realm and you've been all over the place and God only knows what you've brought back from those other dimensions. So most likely, like I said, you will be doing them in the morning. It is recommended that it's done morning and night once you go to sleep. Uh, some people will argue that that's what I prefer. I guess whatever you prefer. But most importantly, you're going to be doing this on a daily basis if you mess around with anything in magic, any paranormal stuff, this is what you need to do. If you're not doing any basic banishing, then you're slipping because you're probably treading over all sorts of crazy stuff and bringing it back into your home and in your space into your being. So you got to banish all that negative crap that not only you attach to yourself, but others may attach to you. Okay. What is needed? You don't need any special tools. All you need is both of your hands. You can use a dagger if you want. That is uh, one, one thing that is explained in uh, Israel Regardi's book, The Middle Pillar. You can actually read that book too if you want to go step-by-step -step process. Most of that stuff is being spoken to you right now. This is where I'm getting most of my information and also personal ways of going about this ritual. There's stuff that I will not go into as far as other add-ons to the ritual. It's going to be for future higher learning. Also, there are a lot of other methods in which I don't just want to give away a lot of this stuff. You have to learn on your own and essentially it'll start coming to you. This is how I learned certain other techniques. I might throw one in there here and now and then just to let you guys experiment with differences. But I guess that's it. We can just jump right into this. And beforehand, I guess I should mention that I'm going to be explaining a little bit as to what things mean. Because as I was reading through this uh, lesson that I'm about to give, I started learning that I have a lot to learn still. 
even with the basics. You know, I just realized that I'm not visualizing enough. And visualization is key in all matters of magic. It's going to take time. It's not easy. I didn't just start banishing one day and then started easily visualizing all this stuff that we're going to go through. But it takes time and practice, guys. And in time, you will be able to do this in your sleep. All right? So we're going to jump right into this. Now, banishing is a few steps, but condensed really into two big parts, okay? So your first part is going to be a Kabbalistic cross. From here on out, uh, I will most likely refer to it as KC, maybe not, but the Kabbalistic cross, which is going to contain five different sayings. Okay, one of them is going to be Ata. So you have to remember Ata. The second one will be Malkut. The third will be Vegebura. Vegebura. And then the fourth is going to be Vegedula. Vegedula. And then the final will be Leolam Amen. Leolam Amen. Okay. Now, most of these, or I think all of these words are pretty much Hebrew. Now, Hebrew is used here due to this magical system being prominently used in Europe and adopted by Jewish philosophers, hence the name Kabbalist. These gestures used are variants of Christian gestures. Hebrew theology or theosophy is not really implied into the system, guys. Hebrew is solely used for raising the mind to contemplating of higher things and to bring equilibrium to the personality. In the end, we can apply other gestures if we move to do so. You can personalize it. These are just used because many have found success in doing so, including myself. We will go over now what these five gestures mean. The better understanding we have of these, the better we're going to be off. We have to raise our awareness, unfortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you view it, Sometimes that means we have to learn what these sayings are trying to convey or imply. How are we going to do this stuff if we don't even understand what we're doing, pretty much? Now, what does thou mean? In the context of this ritual, that is, we have to become aware of a triad concept, like the thinker, the thing known, and the act or result of cognition. Now, ancient Kabbalists or authorities on this matter conceived that the deepest, most spiritual principle in man was just such a triad. And to each principle, they attached a personal pronoun. The thinker is I, thou was the thing known, and he is the activity of the thinker. All of these three are considered a unity. They always kept in mind the concept of the middle path, by which extremes would be avoided, so they chose the word thou to express the higher self in the beginning of this ritual, okay? The other names used are taken from the sefirot on the tree of life. I won't go too much into the tree of life at the moment, only briefly to get a better understanding of why these gestures are employed. Gevura, or Gebura, power is the fifth sphere on that tree, okay? And Gedula, mercy, which is translated to mercy, that is, is the fourth. There are two centers 
in opposition that are encountered in our lives at all time. Uh, you can also Google Tree of Life just to give you a, some sort of uh, pictorial of, of what we're talking about here. Malkuth is the 10th meaning kingdom. Now, I will quickly mention that there's other ways of saying these, these words. We won't get caught into these details, mainly because this is all on, on feel, on personal uh, practice. I, I say certain things in a different way because I like to talk or speak classical Hebrew and the vowel systems are set a little bit different, okay? So you don't have to worry about that. Later on, as you start working on other things, you might want to do so. It's not a big deal. It's all about the intent and, and what we're trying to get across here. So Malkuth is the 10th kingdom. Ancients considered man's nature a kingdom of vast complexity, which is under rule of a higher power. The last phrase, Leolam Amen, is mainly said in order to complete the gesture. And no deeper significance is needed, but can be found in it if meditated upon. Like the word Leolam, for example, means forever, but can also mean world or universe in biblical Hebrew. There we go, going back to the biblical Hebrew. Some things are going to have particular meaning if you Google it, but with more knowledge of the actual language, you will be able to tell what is actually trying to be said instead of, you know, the, the literal translation. It'll all be in context of the actual phrase. Another example is the word Amen. This word is composed of the Hebrew words Adonai Melech Ne'eman, which translate to Lord, faithful king, or God is a faithful king. Very interesting food for thought that you can start chewing on. I always trip out on that one. Now, Ata equals the higher genius, the it, above your head. Malkuth, the body. Gevura and Gedula equal two extremes of power as highest aspects of the ego. Two modes of the ego's capacity for action and reaction. The final gesture, which is Leolam Amen, is a closing point between two extremities to indicate the voluntary decision for equilibrium. The task here is to attempt to bring into operation the higher genius or to bring into consciousness the content of the unconscious. We have to become aware of these actions, thoughts, and emotions, unsuspected motives to be brought out of darkness into the light where we can analyze the way things are and not how we would like them to be in order to properly bring enlightenment into any situation or problem. Now, the Kabbalistic cross is the first step into more serious work. It brings awareness that we will be embarking on a dangerous and deeply disturbing road to those who are interested in it. The cross enables us to realize that these powers should not only be awakened, but recognized and equilibrated into balance. We will be delivering a method of vibration to the pronunciations that we won't strictly adhere to here. This is just one way. Some may disagree with the way in which I do the vibration. That's okay. Do what feels right to you. Some practitioners will vibrate it inwardly with their breath. I find that a bit difficult. I do it outwardly, but the important thing to remember is to vibrate the words throughout your whole body. Let it vibrate over you. You will feel a difference in doing so and will eventually find your own method that best works for this ritual. The theory involved here is that the vibration will cause change in the mind and body. 
It will essentially destroy, renew, and purify biological structure and consciousness. It'll start that alchemical process. We will be facing east towards the rising sun. This identifies the yehida with, with enlightenment and wisdom, a concept that is determined, defined in terms of light. It is from the east that light arises. Standing facing east with eyes closed, if that allows for better vis visualization, remember that visualization is key, as mentioned before, and that for the beginners or uh, first-time practitioners, this might be a feat, but will become better with practice, okay? While considering the Yehida, recognizing its representation of freedom and that its nature is light itself, the student should visualize it above the crown of the head, a sphere of white light of pure white light. Now it's gonna be approximately six inches from the actual top of the scalp. It is there because the Yehida is the root of man's consciousness, a principle of that presence most of us have never become fully aware of, affirming our previous ignorance. It has not fully incarnated within us. With the higher divine genius in mind, visualizing strongly, then raise your hand then lower it to the forehead. So what you're going to be doing is you're going to be grabbing your hand with index and middle finger up in the air as if to bless. And you're going to pull that white light above your head towards your forehead with your right hand. Lowering it down, pulling it down to your forehead and vibrate the first word. As to affirm the presence of that genius The key does not matter You can go higher You can go lower I've heard people do things very in a very low tone It sounds super creepy But it's effective Some people do it in a very high angelic tone And it sounds so beautiful I'm somewhere in the middle <laughs> And it works for me too. It's just the, that vibration needs to be coursing through. Okay, so I'll say it one more time. As you pull down to the forehead from Keter, that top white divine sphere, the hand employed, the right for the time being, it, do, it doesn't matter, but I prefer the right. Uh, it just feels right to me. Now, that same hand that you're using, we're going to be using the right for now. Once you pull it to your forehead and you say ata, you continue to pull it straight down, pull down that white light from your forehead, which came from Keter, all the way down in a straight line towards your feet, okay? Once your fingers point directly to your feet, you vibrate the word Malkut, that very last sephira down there. Let the mind think on the fact that the hand descends, so does that stream of light. A steady, brilliant white light. It extends from the crown where it started of the head to the soles of the feet. Take time to feel that white light before moving further. This is very important, guys. Nothing good's going to come out of rushed work, okay? And this is after reading all this down again and, and uh, 
putting this back into practice, I I started feeling a bigger difference and connected back. I was I was reconnecting to how I was originally doing things, not rushed, really taking the time to soak all that in. Then we continue to the left and the right pillars. It's the left and right side of us. Most of Israel Regardi's instructions start with this next step at the left shoulder. I think I've also read this in the Golden Dawn book, definitely in that middle pillar book. He starts at the left shoulder, but in most Golden Dawn uh, groups that I've been in, it always started at the right shoulder. So I don't think there's much importance as long as you do both and you have a clear intention and focus during this method. Okay, other than that, then you shouldn't really be worried too much. You can start it either way, but we're going to start at the right shoulder. I will leave it up to the listener to adjust it to his or her preference. Don't stray too much though, guys. You know, at the end of the day, if you stray too much with the movements and you get too fancy with it, you might be doing hand gestures that can either put you in danger. I don't know. You might you might do something that you're not aware of. So try to stick to the basics before going too too fancy on this. So as long as both sides are formulated and visualized the same, uh, the same end should be attained. Now consider a reservoir of enormous power and vibrate. Vegebuda on your right hand side using your fingers that were previously used, touching your right shoulder as you say Vegebuda. And then flick the hand outwards to the right as if to have that light extend further out into the infinite. And this is going to be your south side. You're pointing to the south because we're facing east, remember? This is just all a walkthrough and then I'll do a quick run through at the end. Next, we're going to vibrate Vegedula while reaching horizontally across our chest from the right shoulder to our left shoulder. Then extend it. And flick out the fingers further out as to extend that light out like the one before. Like I said before, these might be a little bit more in addition. Some stay within the confines of the shoulder without extending the line out. That is okay too. Experiment with both. See if either one makes a bigger difference. And let me know. Now we have completed the crossbar of the cross of light. But we must finish whole with the gesture of clasping the hands in between our chest as if to pray while vibrating Le-olam, amen. this should get you to see the cross of light within yourself this is what we're doing the kabbalistic cross is a preamble to the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram so The Kabbalistic cross has to be done every time before we start the banishing ritual of the pentagram. The lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, we will be calling LBRP. This is a shortened way, you know, that everybody says it. And that's, I I used to be in confusion every time people would mention that in in specific orders. And LBRP, did you do your LBRP? And, And I was like, what the hell is LBRP? Well, it's lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram. It's one of the most basic things you got to do to start any other work. But we're going to be calling it LBRP, so get used to that. And also to save me some 
space and time, and I won't have to say the whole damn thing, okay? I will list the steps that will be followed, and then I'm going to instruct you guys through a complete walkthrough, just as a Kabbalistic cross exercise, and it'll be quick. That way you can hear it all without any interruptions or explanations. A visual knowledge of what a pentagram looks like is going to be ideal at this point. You can Google it if it's hard for you to visualize it, but once you do, it's going to be easy. So every time we do a, a, a pentagram in the air, you're going to want to see it there like it's really there. It really is there. It really is there. But the more you visualize it, the more powerful that sucker is going to be. Now, first step is going to be uh, perform, performing the KC, the Kabbalistic cross, okay, that we just mentioned earlier. Second, we're going to be facing east still, because when we start the Kabbalistic cross, we're always going to be facing east. Once we're facing east and we per, uh, perform the Kabbalistic cross, stretch out your right hand and trace a banishing earth pentagram with your finger, Vibrate the word Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey, while uh, doing the sign of the enter. I'm going to explain a little bit on the sign of the enter. The third step is going to be still holding out the hand. Turn to the south clockwise. So you're just going to turn to your right. But also tracing a line of light towards that south. Trace another pentagram and vibrate Adonai with the sign of the enter. Fourth step, trace your finger to the west. Still turning clockwise. Trace the pentagram and vibrate Eheye. Eheye. With the sign of the enter. Now you're going to trace that to the north, going clockwise again. And draw the last pentagram and vibrate Agala with the sign of the enter. Return to the east where we had originally started and extend both arms out in the form of a cross. Left arm to the left of your body and the right arm towards the right side of your body. Just stick them both right out. And then you're going to say before me. Raphael. Then behind me stands Gabriel. Then at my right hand, Mikael. Then at my left hand, Oriel. Once you said all the archangels' names, those four archangels, then you will say, before me flames the pentagram, behind me shines the six-rayed star. Finally, we will repeat the Kabbalistic cross. Now, the purpose of this ritual is basically for one of banishment. The aim is to eliminate from the sphere of the mind the qualities and sensations which the critical ego deems unnecessary. The use of this ritual will rid one of coarser elements and be replaced with more refined spiritual substance in a way that will become infused into one's own character and nature, not only psychologically, but also physically. This process will be composed of several phrases, so some memorization will be required, but it is also okay to have these phrases written for first-timers. That's exactly what I did. I had it written on a piece of paper 
right in front of me as I faced east or holding it in my left hand, whichever hand you're not going to be using, and then just reading right off of it. The important thing is doing it so often that then you're just going to remember automatically where to turn, what to say, and what to do. And it's going to be so easy. You're going to be thinking, how did I have a hard time doing this basic thing? But then that's just the first step. Once you have it memorized, now it's going to be the visualization. Okay, guys? So eventually the goal will be to memorize the phrases and have it become automatic. Having expanded your consciousness as previously described by way of visualization after the Kabbalistic cross, let us face east. So now we're actually going to be going a little bit deeper into what the what we're going to be doing for the pentagrams and calling upon the archangels, okay? These previous steps were just letting you know ahead of hand what's going to happen right now. So the same position where we started with the Kabbalistic cross is uh, started at. So facing east, you stretch the right hand out using your finger while holding your left hand up as to give an oath. So you're holding your left hand up as if to give an oath and your right hand is going to be doing all the drawing. The right finger will start the pentagram. We're facing east. Remember, guys. The right finger will start the pentagram at the bottom left. So if you picture a pentagram, it has two little legs, right? And then there's a top, and then it looks like it has two arms. We're going to be starting at that bottom left leg where that pentagram starts. You're going to be drawing directly in front of you in the air, not on the ground, in the air. We are banishing Earth, so we're going to start on that lower left point of the pentagram. It is the left leg, and we'll be drawing up to the top point, which will be where your head is, and then descend that line down to the right leg of the pentagram, to the area about where your right thigh is. So that's kind of the general size of each and single pentagram. So let's go ahead and draw that up as a practice, the bottom leg, and go to the top and then pull it down to that right leg, okay? Now you're going to have an inverted V, the top part of a, of a triangle without that bottom. It's about three to four feet high, and we're moving in a clockwise direction. So now move the finger and connect that line from the bottom right to the left about shoulder height, about where your shoulder's at. And now you've reached that lower, I mean, I'm sorry, the upper left point of the pentagram. It can be a little higher or lower. Just keep it within easily reachable distance. Then carry that left point horizontally to a point at the right shoulder with the same height position. Now we can draw that line from the right shoulder position back down to where we originally started from that lower left leg of the pentagram that is dedicated to earth, okay? Make sure we start at earth because all those other points are different elements. And I'm teaching you the basics, not not the the next step. We're we're starting at the very beginning here. We got to walk before we run. It might be a bit complicated at the moment, but trust me that after a couple of days of practice it's going to become very easy to draw these out. And know what to do. Now I recommend not to get too eccentric. Like I said earlier. 
and make sure not to deform it in any major way. There's, there's consequences to that, guys. You might be drawing a symbol that invokes something or banishes a positive thing, and then your whole day weird shit starts happening. So don't blame me. <laughs> Pay attention to what you're doing. There are many symbols employed in this work, and any minor or major change can have drastic, if not disastrous, results. This part is mainly the physical part of this ritual, so more is required from you than just tracing these pentagrams in the air. You need to visualize a pentagram with shimmering blue flames as soon as you finish the drawing. There needs to be focus. All four pentagrams we will be drawing will need to be done the same way. Remember that this will depend on the person and it takes time to perfect, especially if the visual part of the mind has not been exercised. Now that we are done with the first pentagram, we will give the sign of the enter, followed by the sign of silence. The sign of the enter projects magical force into the ritual, while the sign of silence is used to uh, protect against any attack or to stop, seal the motion of magical energy. And it's also to harmonize all disparate aspects of the psyche. To start the sign of the enter, you keep both legs parallel to each other with arms beside you. Now bring your focus back to that sphere of light above your head, Keter. Then reach both arms up to that sphere with both hands straight up, palms inward, and then you're drawing down that light and energy towards eye level. So you're going to pull down towards your eyes and then with both hands project it from the eye level forward palms facing downwards towards the blue flaming pentagram while at the same time setting your left leg about six inches forward as if to take a step hence the name sign of the enter so it's like you're entering that portal but you're you're also projecting okay so you're going to be drawing from the top draw down towards eye level and project with both arms and hands forward eye level and take that step with the left leg and just stay there you're not moving the other leg you're just taking that front step it should obviously look like you're uh you're pro projecting and stepping into something and then now that we're in this position we'll uh we will hold we can now vibrate the divine name of that direction so we're going to hold that with your arms out projecting with the leg forward and then we're going to vibrate the first divine name, which is Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey. Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey. Now I'm going to come back to, to this uh, very briefly because some will, will see the Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey, and we, for those who are a little bit more versed in, in divine names and Hebrew writing, we know that those four letters are the name of God. And so you could also say Yahweh, because in classical or biblical Hebrew, Vav is not said Vav. It's, it's said Wow. And that's why Yahweh came about.
but you don't need to. You can stick to those four letters. And this is where personal preference comes into play or, you know, what you think is right. I used to do it for the longest time saying Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey. And then once I learned more about Hebrew, I was like, oh, okay, well, why am I saying this when I could say that? And it's more direct and more personal for me. But that's that's a whole other thing. And that's probably as far as I'm going to get on that just because I don't want to confuse anybody. So it's okay to stick to Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey, and stick to the modern pronunciation of the letters. So it only needs to be vibrated once. Remember, we're doing the sign of the enter, boom, towards that east that first pentagram that we did, earth pentagram banishing, earth pentagram. And we're going to say Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey. Visualize the name vibrating through the center of the pentagram. It is important to know that the names look or what they look like, but that it's not required until your visualization becomes stronger. It's kind of tricky. More advanced techniques can be employed, but I won't go into it at this time. This process is to be done in each quarter in a clockwise circle. First is east, which we already have gone through. Then it's going to be south. We turn we turn to the right, and that next side is going to be our south side. We turn again, and then it'll be the west. And finally, it's going to be the north side. When you are done with the vibration of the divine name for the east, while holding the sign of the enter gesture, you're going to put your left leg back. Remember we had taken that that half step or that yeah pretty much like that that fake step we took that step in there and put your left and put your left leg back into parallel position as when started and raise your left index finger to your lips now when you lowered your both of your hands from the projecting as we're taking the step back to the original position and we're gonna raise our left index finger to our lips as if to quiet ourselves. That is the sign of silence, which completes the quarter. Now we're gonna take your right index finger that you have been using to draw and stab the center of the pentagram that we had just completed. Remember, it's flaming blue. From there, visualize, visualize the same white light above your head has created a dot from your finger and from that dot horizontally draw a connecting line to the south the very next quarter repeat the process of drawing a banishing earth pentagram remember starting at that lower left leg up to the top then drag it down to the right leg then to the left of your shoulder then to the right and then back down to the point of earth where we started from Visualizing, but when vibrating the divine name, we will now vibrate Adonai for the south quarter. Remember, while while we're doing the vibrating, we should already be into that sign of the enter. So draw that banishing earth pentagram on the south quarter. Visualize it flaming blue. Use both your arms. Pull down that light, project it forward, take the step, and vibrate. Adonai. Put your hands back down, take the step back to your original position, and finish with the sign of silence. Put, the, put your index finger from your left hand 
back to your lips. Stab the center again and repeat, uh, repeat that process, connecting that center white light that is creating a barrier all the way to the next quarter, which is going to be to the west now. So we're poking in the middle, drawing that white light all the way to the west. This process is going to continue. And when the time comes to do the sign of the enter after drawing the banishing pentagram of earth, we're now going to vibrate in the west. Continue after sign of silence to connect the barrier of white light to the final quarter, which is going to be in the north. When all the steps for that pentagram are finished, we are ready to vibrate Agala. The sign of silence, then finished by stabbing this last pentagram and completing that light barrier to the east where we had started originally. Now, standing east, we have all four pentagrams around us with a white barrier connecting them all, correct? Your visualization needs to be in key here. From this point, we will call upon the archangels. They're standing behind each pentagram as though the pentagrams were a flaming shield. When calling upon the archangels, we will be facing east at all times. We don't have to keep going into clockwise. We are just bringing out these archangels. Facing the different directions is not needed. Uh, we are calling on them. We're not going to be interacting with them. Yet. <laughs> So usually when you face that quarter, you're going to be communicating with this particular archangel, but we're not going to be doing that. We're just banishing our sphere of sensations, uh, negative, negative stuff, okay? You should attempt to build up uh, in the imagination a vast angelic figure conceived in conventional style with vibrating yellow and purple hues. That is at least for Raphael, which is right in front of us in the east. So we're going to be facing east. I like to spread out my arms again as if uh, a human cross facing east. And I'll say before me, Raphael. And then I will see an angelic figure vibrating in mainly yellow, but with flashing purple hues. You may imagine a gentle breeze behind the figure, letting your mind visualize the quality of air within that figure. You can also imagine that the figure's facing away as to protect and banish, but it's also okay for them to be facing you. Experiment with both, if you can. Uh, still facing east now, say, at my right hand, vibrate. Mikael. This archangel will be predominantly flaming red. And this is coming to you from the south side. Because we're going in that clockwise direction. So Mikael is going to be on your right hand. He's going to be predominantly flaming red with flashes of emerald green here and there. And this figure's hand is going to be an uplifted sword of steel with flames or simply a flaming sword. It's up to you. It's, there's, there's no wrong in this. You should feel the intense heat emanating from Michael. Now say, behind me stands. 
and then say Gabriel. Watery characteristics are in this archangel's nature. So you're going to be seeing blue with occasional flashes of orange. It's going to be holding a blue chalice of water and can be seen in front of a clear, never-ending waterfall. Or some, some people say that it's a rushing stream of the clearest water. Then say, at my right hand stands Oriel, who will be standing on very fertile ground, grass or earth. Oriel can be holding an outstretched harvest with prevailing colors of citrine, olive, russet, and black. Uh, citrine is more of a, a yellowish color. And russet, it's a reddish maroon kind of color, okay? Olive, it's a green, like an olive. And then obviously black is black. So don't be confused by the, the words being used here. They're just off colors of, of basic colors. Okay, now we're almost done with the ritual, but before we are finished, we're going to say, before me flames the pentagram, behind me shines the six-rayed star. Complete and finalize the whole ritual with the Kabbalistic cross that we had first started with. I know all this seems long, as mentioned earlier, but you will... You will, you will most likely have to write things down and eventually commit things to memory. Once, once all that's done, the mind won't be searching for the appropriate movements and names, but will be able to harness that extra mind power for you to visualize. So I'm going to go through the whole process very briefly. I'm not going to mention the positions as far as the directions. Well, I think I will because it'll cause less confusion, right? <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and start things off. Now, this is all without explanation. I'm just going to say the ritual. Okay. Now I'm standing facing east. I'm going to picture that divine white light above my head. And then I'm drawing down that white light. Okay. With my fingers on my right hand. Pull down that white light to the forehead. Ata. Pull down that white light from the forehead down to my feet. Malkut. Bring my hand and my fingers back to my right shoulder. Vegebura. Flick it out to the south, right? Continuing that right. Now I bring back my fingers to touch my left shoulder. And you can also flick it out to the left now. Vegedula. Bring both of my hands together in front of my chest as if to pray. And I bow my head. That's my personal preference. Leolam. Amen. Done with the Kabbalistic cross. Now we're on to the, the actual banishing. The LBRP. We're still facing east, guys. Remember, we haven't done any movements. We're just facing east. Now I'm putting up my left hand. 
and then I'm grabbing my index finger from my right hand and in front of me, starting at my left thigh, for that left leg of the earth pentagram, starting there, pulling up to the top to where the crown of your head is at. Straight up. Now this is all in blue. You're tracing that blue pentagram. I'm now going down to my right thigh for the inverted V. Then up to my left shoulder. And then I'm dragging that line horizontally to my right. And then back down to the point where we started. Now I'm grabbing both of my hands directly up. Palms facing inward. I reach that divine white light above my head. I pull it down towards eye level and project it through my eye level as I'm taking my left leg step forward. Now I'm holding this position and then I vibrate Take the step back that I originally had put forward and do the sign of silence. Put your index finger from your left hand to your lips. Boom, we're done with that area. Now we're going to take our right index finger, poke the center of that pentagram, and that dot that you're creating and the line that you're going to be creating is divine white brilliant light. Drag that horizontally out of that pentagram to the south. Now you're facing the south. Draw that earth banishing pentagram again. Remember to lift up your left arm as in a vowing position. Trace that pentagram from bottom left up, down to the bottom right, up to the left shoulder, drag it across to the right, and then back to the point where it was at. Remember, sign of the enter now, project, take the step, and now we're vibrating Adonai. The sign of silence right after that. Poke that pentagram, drag that horizontal all the way to the west side. Let's draw up that earth pentagram again. I'm going to let you guys take the, take the reins now. You know. Sign of the enter. Project. And say the divine name. Sign of silence. Poke that pentagram in the center again. And draw that horizontal white light to the north side or the north quarter. Draw up your earth banishing pentagram again. And now let's draw that divine white light and project it into the sign of the enter into that pentagram. And now we're going to vibrate that divine name for that quarter, which is sign of silence right after poke the center of that pentagram draw the horizontal line back to the east pentagram the one that we had started with and remember now that we're facing east there should be four pentagrams on all four sides of you with a white line a barrier connecting them all. 
all in blue flames. All these pentagrams are in blue, flaming, shimmering flames. You have to visualize this. Now we're ready to call upon the four archangels. We're facing east still. Before me stands Raphael. Behind me stands Gabriel. We're still facing east, guys. We're not turning anymore. We're just facing east. Visualize those archangels. At my right hand. Mikael. And at my left hand. Oriel. Before me flames the pentagram. Behind me shines the six rate star. We're done. But remember that we need to start and we need to finish with the Kabbalistic cross. So now we're going to return to the Kabbalistic cross and finish this whole ritual. So you should know these steps by now. I'm just going to say the words. Ata Malkut Vegebura Vegedula Leolam Amen. Once you bow, or some I like to sometimes bow and then I'll get on my knees and, and put my head on the ground. You don't have to do that, but you could. And then we're finished now with uh, LBRP. If there are any questions over this, you can feel free to email me or uh, put the comments on on uh, the platform that I'm going to be posting this to. I hope to make an actual video. I know videos make things easier because you guys can see what's going on. But uh, I think uh, I'll, I'll do what I can right now. And the best thing I can do at the moment is just do this podcast and do some better explanations as to why these things are done. This is a preamble to many other workings. You're going to have to know this in order to go forward. Like, let's say you want to invoke a specific element or you want to communicate with an archangel. You have to banish first. For every little thing, pretty much, you're going to have to banish. When I first started... I mean, it took until, I think, the Great of Zelator for the Golden Dawn for them to show us uh, invocations. And I was just ready to start invocations before that grade. I was like, okay, how many times do I have to banish? Well, I came to see later the importance of, uh, of banishment. And uh, it's nothing to be taken lightly. I know it seems kindergarten, guys. But if you can't get this down, then... You cannot proceed, pretty much. And you will not proceed. You can. But things are going to happen to you. And you're not going to like what's going to happen. I hope that you guys took a lot from this. I learned a lot just in re-researching this for you guys. Yes, I should know all this stuff off the top of my head. I think we all should. Especially if we've been practicing magic. But uh, it's good to come back into this and, and really soak in the knowledge because in order to be a teacher, I have to be willing to learn.
and I want to teach you guys and I want to teach you guys right with a little bit of what my experience has taught me. But I also have to learn the foundations again to really embed it in my psyche to understand it better and be able to explain it to you guys better and teach you guys. And I hope that I did that. Let me know your results. You might want to start journaling all the days just to see what the difference is throughout your day. Uh, eventually, I will go into invocations, but banishing is first and foremost. And I won't bring any invocations in until uh, probably a year from now, to be honest, because it's something that's not to be taken lightly. And uh, banishing is something that everybody should know. It's uh, a must. But I thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for the next podcast because we're going to have some fun. We're going to go off the, the learning block for a little bit. Uh, it's just going to have to do still with you know, paranormal stuff and occult, but it's going to be awesome because we're going to be talking about Santa Cruz and all the crazy shit we went through in Santa Cruz. All right, guys, I want to thank you for listening. Please support me on this podcast by donating to my Patreon. May you guys all stay safe. Enjoy your July and with love, truth and knowledge. God bless you guys. Thank you.